0: Dog powered sports enthusiast? This is Chelsea Murray, and you are listening to Positively Dog Powered, a podcast that dives deep into the real world of positive reinforcement training and dog powered sports. One of my favorite things about cantacross and bike drawing is that they're both really social sports. And even though there are definitely competitions and races that you can go to, you don't compete with your friends. You're there to support one another, and it's a really great and welcoming community. I'm really fortunate to have a great in-person community in Georgia urban mushing. And even if you don't live close to friends, there's so many communities and support systems with technology and social media that you can get connected to other like-minded folks. But no matter how connected or rural we are, training alone is a reality that we all have to face at some point or another. And unfortunately, due to the coronavirus pandemic, A lot of us are being forced to train alone a lot more often than we would like to for health reasons, because local races are getting canceled, and because the world is just a different place. Training alone can have us all struggling to stay motivated, and that makes it hard for us to reach our goals and get where we want to be. So today we're going to unpack some of the problems that Come with training alone and figure out some ways that we can change our routine to make it easier for us to stay motivated. Now, first of all, I do want to mention that training alone isn't all bad. Many of our training runs are before sunrise and after work in the evening. And I find that during this time of day, the trails are really peaceful. They're quieter and there's less people out, which makes it easier for me to just have fun with my dogs and decompress. There's also no social pressure. So if you make a mistake, no big deal. There's no one there that you need to feel worried about. You can take a break when you need to water the dogs or take a deep breath and stretch, and you definitely have time to reflect. I know for me that I even find it calming and rejuvenating to be in the middle of a training run and just be able to stop. I close my eyes, take a deep breath, and I just listen to the wind in the trees or even the sound of snow melting from the treetops and falling to the forest floor. And that quiet time can be so hard for us to find in our current society. With music and TVs and screens and smartphones all around us, finding that moment of quiet and zen can be hard. And for me, running alone gives me that. Now, of course, training alone certainly does come with some challenges. For one, there's no one there to share the success. So that social interaction is one of those things that makes this sport so fun. If you're on a group run with some friends and you have the best run of the season, you have friends there to cheer you on. Or maybe you're running your first half marathon and you can have friends running as pacers and running with you to celebrate. Or maybe you're talking with friends and trying to troubleshoot a challenge that you have right in the moment. You can come up with a few solutions and then bam, you can fix it. I really enjoy being able to share in success with my students too. So even virtually, I can watch them work on a concept like Line Out. And to watch that behavior improve with just a simple mechanical change is really rewarding. And when we're training alone, we can't give or receive that feedback and social interaction. Sometimes when we're training alone, the dog can also be less motivated without a bunny, which can put a damper on our mood and make us feel frustrated that maybe they are lacking focus on that day. I was training alone when I first started a lot. I actually didn't know anybody else that was involved in the sport, so I really know how hard it can be. And with the pandemic over the last year, pretty much all of my training has been alone, in home by myself and on the trails. And it's hard, I won't lie. So let's unpack some of those specific challenges and talk about some ways that we can improve our expectations and experiences so that we're making more progress. So the first thing I wanna talk about is feedback. Feedback is when we get information about a person's performance of a task, and we use that as a basis for improvement. And feedback is really important. It's what you get when you go to group classes and your trainer tells you to, hey, put your treat hand on your hip. Making that small mechanical change can have a huge impact on your dog's behavior. And by being able to change that one thing, you feel so much better that you're making progress. And that feedback is really important. So a lot of the times when we're training alone, we're not getting that feedback. And to be totally honest, we're not good at evaluating ourselves in the moment. When we're training or running, we've got way too many things going on in our head to really evaluate what's going on. And if we're trying to reflect on something afterwards, we're often relying on memory. And that could be flawed, and that can get us into trouble. We also run into the challenge of delayed feedback. So if I record my run on my GoPro, which I normally do, I'm not watching it at the trailhead. I do my cool down, water my dog, stretch, drive home, unpack, and I might even have to start doing work when I get back. So that's an hour minimum of time that would have passed. And even if I watched right when I got home, that feedback is going to be delayed. And when feedback is either absent or delayed, it can be a lot less reinforcing to us, and that can make our progress more challenging. So how do we improve our feedback when training alone? One way we can do that is video footage. And this is really powerful, and it doesn't take a whole lot of planning ahead of time. I recommend that you record your in-home and on-the-trail sessions and re-watch it. When you're watching your training footage, you can look at your mechanics. We want to look at a few different things to make sure that we're communicating clearly and effectively with our dog. One of the things that we can look at when reviewing training footage is whether or not you're giving clean cues to your dog. So, for example, are you giving a verbal and a visual at the same time? Whoops, need to narrow that down just to one. Are you accidentally giving body cues and leaning over your dog? Want to clean that up and stand nice and still. Remember that the cleaner your cues are, the more clear it is to your dog. And so they're going to learn faster. And that's what we want our dogs to learn nice and quick. Another thing that we can look at in our video footage is clicker or marker timing. Ideally, we're clicking the moment our dog does the desired behavior. And timing is important. I can look back at video footage and say, am I clicking the skill that I actually want? Another thing that I look at is treat delivery. Am I delivering the treat in a manner that sets me up for another repetition? Or am I reinforcing the dog in a position that I want? We can also look at how the dog is taking treats. Are they biting your fingers and causing you to get frustrated? Well, we might need to change how we deliver the treat to them, maybe out of a flat hand or even dropping the treat to the ground. If this harshness of bite is not normal for them, it could also give me insight to my dog's stress level. I also want to look at what I'm accomplishing. Am I doing what I meant to do? Is my dog catching on? Do I see improvement from the start of the session to the end of the session? All of this reviewing of training footage will help me make sure that I'm being the best teacher for my dog. For trail footage, you can rewatch it the moment you get home. And ideally, the sooner you look at it, the better. You can look at things like how you deliver your cues. Are you frustrated? Well, be careful, because that can discourage your dog. If you're working on line pressure in the harness, you can look at how your dog maintains strong pressure on the line and when they start to fade away. And that can give you insight as to how long your next run should be. We can also look at how successful your dog is at responding to cues. Are they getting it right most of the time or are they only getting it right half the time? Well, I need to go back to the drawing board and rework that one if that's the case. I can also look at if there's any latency Or how quick is my dog responding to that cue after I give it? If it's slower than I'd like, this is something that I can work on. It can even help me gauge whether or not I'm handling the bike or scooter appropriately. Am I choosing the right line through my turns? Am I putting too much weight on the inside pedal? All of this feedback will help you gauge where you are in your training plan and what areas you need to focus on. It can also be really helpful in gauging progress. You can look at where you are today compared to where you were a month, two months, or even three months ago. Another thing that can happen when we're training alone is that we can get stuck in a negative mindset. Even as a professional positive reinforcement trainer, I am always my harshest critic. And I find that it's easy when I'm by myself to get stuck in self-punishment. It's easy for me to find the faults in myself. But when I'm working with trainers and friends, it's easy to be lifted up, to stay positive. It's easy for me to find the positives in somebody else's run and lift them up. In episode two, we interviewed Nancy Reyes on mental management, and she recommended a few tips that I think will be helpful here as well. One thing she recommended is deep breathing. In for two and out for four. This will help you calm your nerves and eliminate some of that stress. We can also get into the practice of stopping ourselves when we start to feel frustrated or when we find frustration in our dogs. And trust me, this isn't always the easiest thing to do. You have to be very mindful, and it takes practice. But stopping before the frustration becomes overwhelming is really helpful to make sure that you can keep you're cool. After each training session or training run, you can also give yourself and your dog three good things. Now, I know this might sound silly at first, but it's really helpful in getting you in the practice of finding the positives. And this will make you feel good. And we know that behaviors that are reinforced will happen again. So finding the positives of everything is going to get easier and easier for you. And this will help you stay in a positive mindset. So let's say that I've gone for a canicross run with my dog. Sure, my feet might be swollen, my body might hurt really bad, and I'm having a hard time catching my breath. Please go away, self-punishment. Please go away. But you know what? My dog had great pressure in the line, responded really well to directional cues, and had great endurance himself. Those three positives are what I need to focus on. And by forcing myself to reflect on a session and look at the positives, it will help me get out of that self-punishment mode and into a more positive mindset. Another thing that can happen when we're training alone is that we just lack motivation. Motivation to get up and go do anything. Especially now with this pandemic, depression and anxiety is definitely hitting hard. When we talk about training our dogs, I say all the time, set the learner up for success. Set our dog up for success. We want our dog to be able to practice the desired behavior so that they can earn reinforcement for it. But what about us? We're learners in this situation too. So why does it seem so hard to set ourselves up for success? One thing I like to do is have the equipment laid out. It's visible, it's easy to access, So it makes things like packing my car and loading up a lot easier. You might even go as far as to pack your equipment in a bag and put your bag into the car the night before. So when your alarm clock goes off nice and early, it's easier for you to get up and get going. It'll even help you get a few extra minutes of sleep knowing that that car is already packed. We can even set ourselves up for success at home. our at-home training sessions. Having treats ready and easily accessed is really important. Dice your treats up ahead of time and store them in the refrigerator or put them in treat jars dispersed around the house. That way, if you've got five extra minutes, it's really easy for you to grab a quick handful of food and do a few reps before you get back to life. We can even set up the environment. So if we have an at-home gym for ourselves or our dogs, having the essentials laid out or displayed pretty is a really nice way to be able to just walk in the room and get the job done. We also need to remember that behaviors that are reinforced happen again. So reinforce yourself. It doesn't have to be anything big. It could be something small. So if you're not a morning person, but you toughed the cold and that early alarm clock, Maybe you stop and get a special coffee on the way home. Or maybe you're setting a new mileage goal, and when you reach that goal, you're going to get yourself a new pair of running pants. Making sure that you find things that will be reinforcing for you is important in continuing your own behavior. Another thing that you can do to help with your motivation is to save some favorite videos and photos that you can go back and look at. With our smartphones, it's really easy to create separate photo albums. Heck, you can even do it right on Facebook or right on your computer. Save a few things that are special for you, like a really good run, or a video where you had great, cue responses, maybe a successful training session, a screenshot of a PR, or maybe your longest run. By putting all of that into a photo album, you can go back and watch anytime you're feeling blue or not feeling motivated. For me, going back and looking at all that really gets me animated and excited to head out and go train. Oftentimes, when we're training for ourselves with fitness or with our dogs and behaviors, the progress is not flashy. But if we can go back and look at old videos, you'll realize that you, in fact, have made a lot of progress. And for me, that's really motivating, knowing that all that hard work I've been putting in is actually paying off, even if I can't see it in the moment. Another thing that helps for motivation is having an accountability team. I find myself more active in group chats these days, messaging friends, even when I can't meet up with them, sharing something special, like some photos, Strava maps, or a new trail I checked out. You might even find that you all train on the same day, So sharing your run from that day with each other. Even if you can't run together, you can run together virtually. And that will help you stay on top of your training plan. We also want to make sure that we set goals. We need to make sure that these goals are defined clearly so that we can be successful in meeting them. When I'm setting goals, I like to set SMART goals. And that's an acronym that stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-bound. So let's say, for example, that I've been having a lot of trouble recently with my dog hugging the right side of the trail, and it's starting to get frustrating for me. So my specific goal is going to be working on improving my dog's cue response to haw over, Measurable, because I want my dog to move three feet to the left when they hear this cue. Is it attainable? Well, my dog does already have one foot of movement to the left, so adding two more should be doable. Is it relevant? Well, yes, it is. My dog's been hugging the right side of the trail, and it would be great if I could get rid of that. And time bound, let's say two months or less. So two months is my goal, but if it happens before then, awesome. So with a really specific goal like that, I can then pull out a few exercises that I need to work on both at home and on the trails. And a goal that's really specific not only helps direct your training plan, but it also keeps you moving in a direction that will help you be successful in eliminating any frustration and reaching your goal. And of course, when you're setting a goal, don't forget about your reinforcer. When you reach this goal, how are you going to reinforce yourself? Choosing this reinforcement when you set the goal is really important, because this way you're more likely to actually reward yourself. Plus, you have something fun to look forward to. Maybe a bubble bath, a special date night, or a meal from your favorite restaurant. Whatever it is, make sure that it's reinforcing to the learner. And if you didn't catch on, you. That's you. You're the learner. I know it can seem intimidating and like a big-time commitment. So sometimes for me, it's helpful if I plan for short sessions. Trust me, I've got big goals too, and that can be really intimidating sometimes. So don't make a big time commitment. Starting small will help make the task look a lot less daunting. And once you get up and moving, you'll start feeling energized. So you might even decide that you can go a little further or do a bit more than you thought. Starting the process, even the smallest of sessions, will help to begin the habit. We want to work on building that habit so that each time it gets easier and easier for you. It could be as simple as grabbing one handful of food and practicing a few behaviors with your dog. You can check that box off your to-do list and watch the video and feel extra reinforced. We might find that we're heading out for a short jog and then you get those endorphins flowing and you are ready to have that guilt-free dessert. Training alone is definitely hard, but we can work to change a few things on our end to make it easier. And that's important because we want to reach those goals with our dogs. We want to have fun. So these are just a few of the things that have worked well for me and my clients, but I want to hear from you. What kind of challenges are you experiencing when you have to train alone? Go ahead and find us over at Positively Dog Powered on Facebook or Instagram and comment on our posts that we have. I want to see if I can help you come up with some more ideas to help make training alone easier. So until next time, have fun chasing tails on the trails.